fearless, fearless. These guys are being fearless. Those people getting baptized, I'll tell you what, that's fearless, fearless. What is fear? Fear is the emotion, a very unpleasant emotion that is caused when you anticipate, perceive some sort of danger is going to be ahead of you. So, you know, I might introduce myself. My name's Belinda. Instead of just the small talk, we'll go deep today. So what do you fear? What do you fear? Do you fear spiders? Who, who is not liking spiders? Yep, show your hands. What about snakes? Who just does not? You fear snakes. If you saw one, that emotion of perceived danger would be heightened. What about heights? Put your hand if heights is not your thing. Confined spaces. The dentist. Making a real phone call. Millennials, you know? <laughs> Making a real phone call. <laughs> Raising your hand in a crowd when somebody's taking a poll. <laughs> we got one there. So for some people, it's equal to death, fearing death, you know? <laughs> but to be honest, um, confessions of a, of a pastor, I have had a fear that I've battled with over the years, and that is the fear of people's opinion and what they think of me that I would be rejected. And I don't want to be rejected. I want to be liked. So how about you? Are you like me? Have you feared being humiliated in front of others? Have you feared um, people at work perhaps judging you or people in your family judging you? Have you feared what people have thought so much that it stopped you from participating in something? Because I feel like that has been the case for me. I feel like I have feared opinion of people which has stopped me in many ways. But the book of Proverbs has some really cool wisdom. Proverbs 29 says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. I like the paraphrased version. The, the fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. Fearing people is a trap and it disables and I don't want it to. This fear can hold me back from being and doing what God has asked me to do. It has stopped me from sharing my faith and helping others to know about Jesus. Fearing people's opinions, wanting to be liked for a short time has been more important to me that fear has been stronger in me than the fear of those people going to spend an eternity in hell. And that's not okay. That's not okay. My comfort has been more important to me than stepping out courageously and sharing my faith fearlessly. Perhaps you feel the same. I was really encouraged as I read a letter that was written from the Apostle Paul when he was in prison in Rome. And he wrote it to his young protege, his mentoree, Timothy. And when I read this letter, I was encouraged and empowered, and I wanna share it with you, because his protege, young Timothy, was known to be timid. You could call him Timid Timothy. And he was shy by nature, a shy temperament. He was often ill, and he struggled with the responsibility of sharing his faith. So what advice did his mentor give to him? I'd like to hear it, would you? 
Let's have a look. Second Timothy chapter one. Timothy starts his letter thanking God for, for Timothy, for his genuine faith. He says he prays for him often and he can't wait to be together with him. And if we pick up on verse five, he says, I remember your genuine faith for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and of self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about the Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Lord, I just pray right now that our hearts would be opened to what you would say to us. And just as Paul encouraged Timothy, Lord, encourage us today. Speak to us today. Empower us today. Equip us today so that we may never be ashamed of your gospel. Amen. So never be ashamed. Never be ashamed. Timothy, he loved Jesus. He loved Jesus. He had faith. He loved God, but he obviously struggled with that shy nature and being a bit timid and reluctant to be bold in sharing his, his faith. And Timothy, uh, Paul says there in his letter, he says, do not be ashamed of the testimony. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Ashamed. Ashamed, that means to have feelings associated with fearing failure fearing public exposure, disgrace, embarrassment, fearing social rejection, ridicule, humiliation, and dishonor. Don't be ashamed, don't be embarrassed. What advice did Paul give to this timid Timothy? What advice would he give us today? As we look in this passage, he really says, remember what is inside of you. You need to remember what has been deposited inside of you. And I think of this Kinder Surprise egg. Who, who, who loves Kinder Surprise? You like fair trade, good quality? I, I see Ben's nodding his head. You're into the Kinder Surprise. Is it the toy that's inside it, Ben? That's, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're more a Cadbury. Who's a Cadbury person here? Yep, go Cadbury. Anyone for the Ferrero Rocher? Yeah, I'm partial to every chocolate, every chocolate. Just that, just saying, just putting it out there. <laughs> But in these Kinder Surprise chocolates, kids love them, some adults too, because there is something within them, a gift within them. There is something special within them. And that's what Paul is saying to his young mentoree. There is something special within you. Let's have a look. He says this, there is a spiritual gift in you. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Timothy had a spiritual gift deposited in him and he needed reminding of it. He needed to fan it into flame. He needed to do something about it. You know, when you have a fire and a spark is put into that fire pit, there's something you've got to do to make it blaze up into a burning fire. You, you, you don't just leave it there. You know, they used to use the big bellows and, you know, you can use anything. You can grab absolutely anything to, you know, fan into flame, that little flickering spark so that it would ignite and cause a flame. We need to feed the gift that's been deposited in us. We need to feed it and to fan it into flame. 
And sometimes the gift there, for some reason, can be taken out of the pit, that little spark, and we can take it out of the fire pit. And we isolate it over here, away from the fire pit. And we take our gift, and when we are isolated and away, that little coal, it starts to die down and lose its heat and lose its spark till it dies out. And I want to encourage you here in this room, I want to encourage you online today that there is a gift inside of you. There is a great deposit of God and it wasn't meant to be isolated away from the fire pit. It was meant to be amongst the fire and engaged and spiritually aflame. Amen? Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. He said, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are over 20 gifts talked about in the scriptures. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, leadership. Hospitality is a spiritual gift. Teaching, prophecy, discernment, tongues, the list goes on. Administration is a spiritual gift. And in this room and online with us today, there is gifts that have been deposited into you. And as, as we know in the body, the foot has a special function. And it's important and just as important as the hand has a special function and the eye and the ear. Every part has a special function to play and is important. And just in the same way, your spiritual gift is important to the body of Christ. It is so important. And when it is missing, when it is missing, we miss out. The body of Christ misses out. We're kind of like a Picasso painting, you know? That didn't go down very well. (laughs) Scrap that one for later. (laughs) Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other, so we can build God's kingdom, so we can be the body of Christ in the earth. So I wanna encourage you, know your spiritual gifts. Do a spiritual gift survey online and fan it into flame. You can fan it into the flame by prayer and fasting. You can get into the fire pit by being involved in church, in a connect group, and starting to use your gift, practice your gift, be involved in a safe environment to practice serving and using your gift. So Paul was saying to him, and he would say to us today, you've got a gift inside of you, it's time to fan it into flame. Secondly, he encouraged Timothy, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Imagine that, Lord, I want the spirit of timidity and cowardice, that's another word that's used there in the Greek. Will you fill me with fear, timidity, cowardice? I don't want that spirit. I don't want that spirit at all, and I think he's being a little bit cheeky here. There's a lot of spirits, you know, some have, have been well acquainted with the spirit of tequila, the spirit of rum, the spirit of whiskey, and those spirits, they sure do, um, that intoxication, does make them uninhibited, and maybe it's made you in the past uninhibited. And I've been around intoxicated people with another spirit who are unashamed. Unashamed. They'll call out loud, unashamed. They'll tell you all their secrets, unashamed. I love you, unashamed. Unashamed. Well, we've got a spirit inside of us that's greater than that, that doesn't cause pain and shame like the other kind of spirits. But the spirit within us is a spirit of power. And this word power means special ability. It means a resource within you. The spirit of power, a skill, a strength that God himself has put inside of you, such a gift. 
And I love that Paul writes here, he writes to Timothy, not just that God has given you a spirit of power inside of you, he uses the collective word us. He's talking about the Christian, any believer that has got Jesus living within them. He's talking about us who have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And right here in this room, there are many filled with God's Spirit that have got that power within us. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, you've got to wait, wait, because you're gonna need this deposit of power, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yeah? We don't need to be afraid and intimidated by people. We don't have to be intimidated by public opinion because we have got the spirit of power within us John wrote in 1 John, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. Tell you what, that gives me some confidence. That injects some confidence into me, that spirit that's within me. When I walk into the room, I can be confident. Romans 8 says that the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead lives within me. I can walk a little bit higher. I can be a little bit more confident. Amen? You can too. You can too. This spirit of power within us transforms ordinary people into the extraordinary. The fearless, the fearful, it transforms into the fearless. The cowardly into the courageous. Spirit of power. So remember, as Paul would tell us, remember there's a spiritual gift in you and there's also a spirit of power in you. Thirdly, there's a spirit of love in you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love. Now love, the Bible says, is actually the evidence that there is God's spirit living within you. Galatians tells us in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the spirit is love, peace. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Love is evidence that the Holy Spirit is within you. And love causes you to speak up. Love will shout out if the person that they love is in danger. Love will let themselves look like an absolute idiot if the person they love is lost and needs to be found. Any parent? Yep, in the middle of Sydney, shouting out my child's name when my child was lost unashamedly because I love my child. Loving others is the motivation for using the gift inside of us. John says, greater love has no one than this than to lay his life down for one's friends. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life their friends. It's time to lay down our life. It's time to lay down our pride, our self-protection. It's time to lay down our intimidation, our self-preservation and our fears. Because I don't want the people that I love to go to hell. The spirit of love compels us. So I want to encourage you today, church, remember the spiritual gift in you. Remember the spirit of power in you and remember the spirit of love that's within you. And lastly, the spirit of self-discipline. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and of a self-discipline.
Self-discipline. The ability to control one's emotions. Self-discipline is what gets you up in the morning to exercise. Self-discipline is what causes you to eat the right thing instead when your mind is wanting to eat chocolate all day. Self-discipline. Another word there is self, um, a, a sound mind. A sound mind. The ability to res- have restraint over one's emotions, impulses, or desires. And I tell you, when you're about to step out and to share your faith with somebody, everything within your head is shouting, don't do it. Don't do it. Emotions can be shouting, what are they going to think about you? What are they going to say about you? You haven't spent enough time with them to, to earn the right to say that. All sorts of things. I have, fa- I have faced this. I, I remember um, you know, when Alpha came and we started Alpha a couple of years ago during the first lockdown, 2020, I think it was. And I really, you know, I really wanted to reach out to my neighbours. I pray for them all the time. I've been doing things, you know, I'd always invite them to Christmas, to Easter, always put out the invites church has, I've done things to befriend them, I've given them gifts when they've moved into the neighborhood. Well, I wanted to invite our neighbors to do the Alpha online. And I tell you what, I was scared. Everything in my mind wanted to say, no, they're gonna think this. No, they're gonna say no. No, this is what's gonna happen. And I tell you, I had to master, I had to have the spirit of self-discipline over my head, of a sound mind instead of an anxious, worried mind and fearful mind, and just bite the bullet and do it. So I did it. I was, you know, it was locked down, so I didn't go knock on their door, I sent a a text message. Don't judge me. (laughs) At least I sent a text message, you didn't. No, (laughs) just kidding, just kidding. I sent the text message and I'm like, oh my goodness. And I got a reply, yeah, I'd love to do that. She said, I'd love to do that. I was like, oh my goodness, she's actually gonna do it. This is awesome. So actually, um, Sonia and Rob were running the online group and I jumped in with my neighbor. And it was so great, the very first time we did that first session on online alpha, showed the first video, she was there watch, you know, in the, in the group online. And then suddenly we went to watch the videos and then when we came back together, suddenly her husband was next to her in this alpha group and she said, oh, that video was just so good. I was shouting out to my husband, come sit with me. You've got to watch this, this is so good. So he did and he stayed every week of alpha and joined with her. They ended up coming to church and getting involved in church and God, they're on the journey of faith in their life. But I tell you, I had to overcome the mind. I had to overcome the fear in my mind and have that sound mind, yeah? Two Corinthians, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I wanna encourage you, remember the spiritual gift in you, remember the spirit of power in you, remember the spirit of love in you and remember the spirit of self-discipline in you. Then he goes on to say, verse eight, so, so, Never be ashamed. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. But share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Paul had had his fair share of suffering for the gospel. Beatings, whippings, stonings. He had had Everything happened to him. And he is encouraging Timothy, I've had my fair share. You share with me in some suffering for the gospel. Share with me. It's time to share. Do you know that word share in the Greek? It actually comes from the word plowshare. And what is a plowshare? 
It's an instrument for harvest. He's saying, join with me in harvest. Join with me in the, put your hand to the plowshare. Share in the suffering. Many years ago, I had the privilege of actually going to Russia to speak um, over there and to minister over there. And to get into Russia, you have to fly through Seoul, Korea. And as we flew into Seoul, Korea, it was nighttime. I could see all the lights everywhere. And there was a lot of these red lights. And then when we pulled in, we we came off the plane um, and, and started moving towards the city, I noticed what all these red lights are. A photo will come up on the screen. Everywhere of the city, I saw thousands of red lit up crosses. Everywhere, like thousands. I was overwhelmed to see that many red lit up crosses everywhere. And I found out that these red crosses everywhere, doesn't matter the denomination of the church, they were red to represent the blood of Jesus and they were lit up to represent that the churches are open for anyone at any time. And that spoke to me, it really spoke to me. And I know that we are to be the ones that will light up, that will share our light and be that for our community, for our neighbors, for our family, that we will let our light shine. As our world continues to grow darker and darker, fires, pandemic, floods, protests, racial issues, war, more floods, it's darker and darker. We need to let our light shine. And as I look around this room, I see people here who have let their light shine. I've seen Alex Briffey inviting her neighbor into Alpha and seeing her join her connect group. I've seen Karen Morley inviting unashamedly, inviting her workmates, not just one, but several times over Alpha, bringing her workmates to Alpha. Over here, Jeff and Misha boldly, unashamedly sharing their faith. Misha goes shopping. She's in a witchery store and starts talking about faith with the girl at the counter. She invites this young woman to come and be part of an Alpha. And eventually, this young woman invites her whole family who all go through Alpha, all of them. Now the Johnson family are a great part of our church. And young Mia is about to assist starting at one of our new Alpha groups. I look at Steve over here, Biker for Christ, unashamedly goes up in a cafe on one of their bike rides and shares with other bikies about the Lord. I love that. I love that. Jesus said, Matthew 5, in the message paraphrase, Here's another way to put it. You're here to be a light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm gonna hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Let's be light bearers, church. Let's be light bearers. I'll ask the the team to start to come. The second year of lockdown, we went to our, our next, oh no, before lockdown actually, after the first lockdown ended, I invited my neighbor to come over. We, we exchanged Christmas presents and she came over, nobody else was home and we, we sat down and we talked and she actually opened up to me that she was going through a very serious health issue. 
And everything within me, in my mind, I'm like, I need to pray for her. I need to pray for her. And then I had that self-discipline issue, you know, that, that mind battle happening. And I had to battle with that and say, no, I'm going to do this. This is important. This is important that, that I pray for her. I love her. I care for her. This is important. So I asked her, can I pray for you right now? And she said, yes. And I prayed for her. And then she opened up her eyes full of tears we, we parted ways, you know, that day and, you know, kept in communication with her. I dropped her some meals, kept praying for her, her, her health. Months later, we were in lockdown and we had another opportunity for online alpha. And I thought, I'm going to invite her. I'm going to invite her to this next opportunity. So I sent her a message and sure enough, I sent a message not just to one person, to a few people. And I got some no's, don't you worry. But I got one yes. And that one yes said came along. She came to Online Alpha with Nancy's group. And over that, that journey of Alpha, had the opportunity to give her a Bible. And when we were talking in the Alpha group, she said, you, when, when Nancy asked to tell me your story, you know, how, what's been happening for you? She said, you know, I've been reading that Bible that Belinda gave me. I've really been reading it. And she said, but do you know, this actually all started for me the change in me started when back like nine months ago when Belinda prayed with me because of my health. And that's when the seed first went in her and for her that was the most significant start. So here I was nervous to invite her nine months later when already she was ready. She was ready. And you know there's actually more people ready than we realise. I didn't realise how ready she was, how ripe she was. Actually the McCrindle group of researchers have found that out of adults they've surveyed, over 40% of people would go to church if they were invited. In fact, a further 16% said, maybe I would go to church if somebody invited me. So over 50% of people said, I'd probably, I'd probably go to church if somebody invited me. So I wanna encourage you, church, we've got the best opportunities coming up. We've got Easter, Good Friday coming up. We've got Easter Sunday. We've got lots of invites on your seats in the foyer. We've got alpha groups coming up. Let's make use of the opportunity. How about we stand to our feet and I wanna pray for us. Thank you, Lord. Perhaps if you feel comfortable, raise your hands to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that you have not given us the spirit of fear and timidity. I thank you that that fear and timidity is broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we receive your spirit. We thank you for the spiritual gifts that you've put in us. Lord, we ask that you would fan them into flame and that you would show us how to fan them into flame. And Lord, we receive your Holy Spirit, the spirit of power. Lord, we receive your power. Lord, we receive your love that lays itself down for others. Lord, we receive self-discipline, that spirit of self-discipline, that sound mind. We receive in Jesus' name. 